Hi guys, Rob here, podcast editor for EveryMind. You are listening in to another webinar hosted by Paul, founder of EveryMind. In this episode, we dive into the world of mindfulness, what it is, what it isn't, and the misconceptions surrounding it. If you like this episode, don't forget to write us a review on iTunes and share with a friend. And as ever, enjoy the show. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another Tuesday webinar on behalf of EveryMind at Work. I am Paul, as always, and today we're going to be looking at mindfulness. So hold on, let me just share my slides for today's session, and then we're just going to do a quick little check. Can you let me know if you can hear me and if you can see the slides? You should see a mindfulness written across the slides. Hey, Polly, hopefully you're well. Hey, Caroline, good stuff. Thanks, Nancy. Hey, Kelly. Cool. So all seems okay. So as I said, I appreciate you taking the time out on today's session. And again, as always, I want to encourage you to get involved, to use the chat box as well, and to make sure that, as I say, this is collaborative and not just me dictating to you as well. Katie, emailed you last week. Not sure if you have received it. Let me just double check before we start. If I haven't replied, I do apologize. I've seen it and for some reason it's read and not responded. So Katie, I'll get back to that as soon as I finish this webinar. So um, guys, thank you for taking the time out. And today's subject is definitely one that has a lot of talk around it at the moment, mindfulness. You know, what does mindfulness mean? What's the impact of mindfulness? How can we get started when it comes to mindfulness as well? And as always, I'm gonna share my own personal experience. I've, I've spoken to, Lauren Callahan, our head of psychology as well, leading to this and got her opinions on this as well, which I'm going to be sharing with you. But really, hopefully, by the end of this webinar, you're going to walk away with an idea of mindfulness, why it's effective, and also as well, how you can get started. And as I've said, I want you to share some of your own personal experiences throughout this session as well. I'm Paul, the founder of everymindatwork.com, also a mental health campaigner and author that shares my own personal experience of, of mental health and losing my my dad to suicide when I was 18 years old and and dealing with that. And, you know, I'm very vocal about it now, but there was a long time where I wasn't vocal about it at all. So I'm going to be leading today's webinar and hopefully you're going to find it valuable. So before we start, as always, just want to ask you the question, how are you? How has your week been? Let me know. You can be as open and honest as possible if you want to. Let me know how your week has been if you faced any challenges again just put it in the chat box but hopefully your week has been good it's a challenging week right there's new announcements and more fear and more uncertainty kelly says sluggish i can relate to that do you know is that work kelly or would you just say everything in general i feel like this is a period i've spoken to a lot of people as well guys that the last week or two has been really, really hard. And it's almost like we've just been distracting ourselves and doing our best that we can during this period. But now, you know, it's the whole reactive approach, right? We've just we've just left it there brewing away and distracted ourselves. And all of a sudden, all of it has resurfaced. And it's it's become very difficult for a lot of people to manage this last month or two. Of course, it impacts productivity, you know, everything. Uh, Kate says really well. I had a lovely conversation today with Kelly. Been a very productive call. Cool. Kelly from here. 
Awesome, amazing. That's great. I like that. Uh, not just work, really lacking energy and motivation in general. Yeah. Lack of motivation is tough. The only thing I would say that I've learned is just to not beat yourself up. Sometimes it's it's taking that step away. Like he won't mind me saying this, but David on our team, David Kurtman, you know, he he's had a he he messaged me the other day and just said, I'm just having a rough week. I don't really know why. And I said to him, look, just just take a couple of days off. Take a couple of days off for yourself. Don't worry about work, you know, just a couple of days off. Focus on yourself, you know, do what you need to do. David likes painting, you know, spend some time with the family. When was the last time you, you know, spoke to your therapist and, and all of this? And um, I just gave him that space, you know, work and wait. You know, I always sort of say work and wait, work. We almost tell ourselves work is a priority a lot of the times, but if something drastic happens, work becomes nowhere near a top priority, you know, and he, he, you know, we spoke today, he's back to work and he's, he's feeling better, he said, and it, sometimes all we need is that little bit of time out and to not beat ourselves up. If we are lacking energy, we're lacking motivation. We're not really feeling ourselves. Uh, Caroline says, challenging, but good. Reminding myself of self-care too. Uh, mine's been good. Nancy says, I hear you, Kelly, so I can relate to that. Pia says, mine's been good. I've managed to take some time off and do things for myself more than usual. Polly says, I don't even know where to start. Boyfriend is going through hell as a result of COVID. It's devastated his life. He's just been told that he will not be allowed to return to his job. It is no longer safe for him to work. Patience, furious. That's tough, Polly. And of course, you know, you trying to support him through that is very difficult as well. You know, trying to take that pressure and, and his emotions away from him, I'm guessing, as well, because of that's just naturally what we want to do is difficult. And it's just it's just being there for him. And, and like you say, showing that compassion and reminding them that you know things can get better and there's there's going to be light at the end of the tunnel no worries janine cool um i really appreciate your honesty as always guys i really do appreciate it but mindfulness is something that we can all learn from and, and mindfulness in my opinion there's a lot of myths around mindfulness right you know and there's a lot of i don't know i guess it's the way that we've maybe been conditioned i guess it's our lack of understanding our lack of education around mindfulness we're starting to see schools teach mindfulness now, but of course, you know, even when I was at school, which was only three years ago, um, jokes, when I was at school, you know, there was no mention of mindfulness. I don't even remember the term being a term. I don't even remember it being a word. I'm sure it was, but there was talks of meditation, right? And, and you know, my personal experience is my dad used to meditate and my dad meditated. I remember walking past his his room one day and there was music playing and, you know, the door was shut and we were told, you know, dad's meditating, leave him alone. And it was always like, what, what is meditation? I didn't really know what meditation was. And we then went away camping. It was me, my dad, my brother, and my mum didn't come with us, but me, my dad, my brother. And I can't remember how old I was. Maybe I was 12, maybe a little bit younger than that, 11 or 12. And he said, you know, why don't we do some meditation? And me and my brother said, what's meditation? He says, you just have to clear your mind that you can't think about anything. You know, we'll just sit here for 10 minutes. We'll listen to some user, I think music. I think it was Enya. And we'll sit in this tent and we'll try meditation. You've just got to clear your mind. Now, telling a, a 10, 11, 12-year-old, however old I was, to clear your mind is not the greatest, um, it's not the greatest advice when it comes to meditation. So there I was, closing my eyes, listening to this music, 
saying to myself, stop thinking, stop thinking, just, just ignore your thoughts, ignore your thoughts. And then I'm like, but now I'm thinking about not thinking. And now I'm, now I'm not doing it right. And I, this isn't working and this is terrible. And, and then all of a sudden I'm like, dad, this just doesn't work. Um, I remember him laughing, but basically that was my opinions on, on meditation. And that was obviously my dad's as well. You know, you've just got to clear your mind, but really there's myths around meditation as well. And, you know, one of those myths is, is that we have to clear our mind. But another myth is mindfulness is meditation. There's a real kind of blurred line between meditation and mindfulness. We talk about mindfulness and we say it's meditation. You know, we say meditation and people think it's mindfulness. There's there's a real separation between the two. You know, meditation is a, is a, a mindfulness practice, in my opinion. OK, but mindfulness is, is, is far greater than that. And there's different practices which we'll talk about in just a minute. But the myth is mindfulness is meditation is something that we need to move away from. Mindfulness is about taking time to rest and relax. Again, you know, mindfulness in a way is our chance to to almost recenter ourselves, to release some stress. I'll talk about the benefits in a minute. It's our it's our time for ourselves, and there's a lot of benefits for it. But mindfulness isn't always about resting and relaxing. You know, it isn't always about I've just got to kick my feet up and rest or I've got to find time where it's completely silent to do a mindfulness practice. You know, we don't have to worry about that. There's a lot of times throughout our day that we can implement mindfulness and it's not us sitting down with music and gongs and um, all of that. You know, it's not always about resting and relaxing. There's ways that we can integrate mindfulness into our daily, daily routine. My dad's one, mindfulness is having no thoughts, sorry. Um, again, a complete myth. Whenever we're doing a mindfulness practice or a meditation, it's not about completely clearing your mind. It's more about finding space. It's more about giving yourself that time. And as we'll look at in a minute, it, it's more about just trying to create more calm, trying to create more peace. And, and if we're not practicing mindfulness, it, of course, can can um, we distract ourselves and we're, we're very, very busy. And mindfulness for me is, like I said, it's giving me that time to, to feel calm. It's giving me that time to, to feel more centered. And at the same time as well, it gives me that time to be aware of my thoughts, of my emotions. You know, sometimes when I've done mindfulness or meditation in the past, it allows me to bring attention to, to the thoughts, to the emotions I need to, to pay attention to. You know, it's not about me being busy and distracting myself and ignoring them and then sitting down and expecting all of those emotions to disappear. What meditation or mindfulness for me is, um, is, is, is sitting down and if I am doing a meditation practice, let's say as part of mindfulness, I'm sitting down, I'm about to do some meditation and I'm just being aware of my thoughts. You know, what's coming in? Um, what does that mean? And then I'm trying to bring myself back to a, a focus of, let's say my breathing, and then another thought will arise, another emotion will arise. And again, that's fine. But I'll bring myself back to my breathing. And then once I've finished, I'll sometimes recap and almost say to myself, you know, why, why did that emotion come up? And it isn't about clearing your mind completely, you know, so get that out of your head. Because again, that's going to make us not want to start a mindfulness practice if we feel like that's our ultimate goal to completely clear our minds. Myth four is the ultimate goal is to be mindful all the time. Again, mindfulness is a practice and we'll talk about how to get started. And really, it's a, a conscious effort to embed it into your day to day routine. You know, in terms of the ultimate goal, being mindful all the time, it's very difficult. You know, I feel like I'm a lot calmer from doing various mindful mindfulness practices over the last what eight years, I would say. 
I feel a lot calmer. I feel like I can deal with stuff a lot better. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm not mindful all the time. I still have to remind myself and, and practice mindfulness um, to really kind of reap the rewards as well. And then mindfulness is bliss. Again, another myth that we're going to dispel today as well. Um, Ramana, no worries at all. I really appreciate that. Caroline, what a lovely memory. Yeah, it really is. Pia, I think mindfulness does also show in our interaction with others. Yeah, I love that. I love that a lot. In terms of the benefits of mindfulness, before we move on to how we get started, and I'd love to hear your own personal opinions as well and experiences. Mindfulness, you know, it can reduce anxiety and it can also help depression. When I look at those two, anxiety and depression, I look at my own personal experience. I've spoken about this before, but when I was really struggling with anxiety, a lot of, a lot of my emotions were drifting towards the future. So a lot of my, my self-talk was around, I will never get married without my dad. I will never be able to move on with this situation of just what's happened. I am worried about the future financially, whatever it was, right? And I was always fixated on the future, which led to a lot of anxiety. At the same time, a lot of my depression came from ruminating on the past, the past trauma that I'd experienced, trying to go back to that place that I was in and, and feeling guilt around, you know, my dad and, and wanting to change it and seeing what we could have done better and, you know, reminding myself of that traumatic event. And of course, that leads to depression. And, and what Anne, the lady who helped me, made me realize is, is I can't control either of those. You know, I can't control the past. The past is the past. I can learn from the past, but I can't control it. I can't change it. And at the same time, in terms of the future, you know, I can indirectly change my future, but I can't directly change it. There's no way that I can control that. And she really reminded me the only thing that I can control is the present moment, the now moment. And I believe this is what mindfulness is all about as well, is, is us bringing us to that that present moment, the now moment, which I'll explain again in a minute. But that's a real big benefit of it as well. It can help reduce anxiety. It can help um, manage depression as well. Decrease stress. A lot of this has had scientific um, you know, proof into mindfulness and the impacts as well. Facilitation of recovery, physical illness as well. There's been a lot of research into using mindfulness for, for physical illness. It improves concentration, productivity as well. You know, if we're, if we're busy, and as I think Piers just pointed out, if we're busy and we go into work, how is that going to impact how we feel? But if we feel calmer, if we feel like we can deal with situations, we feel like we're less stressed, you know, and we go into work, our concentration, our productivity is, of course, going to be higher. It decreases the chance of burnout. As we've kind of said, a lot of mental health is, is very reactive. We wait, we wait, we wait, we wait, we wait until something is drastically bad and then we do something about it. If we can practice mindfulness on a daily day basis, it can decrease the chance of us burning out. Of course, you know, with the stress that we face on a day to day basis, it can increase self-control and, of course, improve sleep. Um, again, there's been a lot of research recently into the mindfulness and the impact of mindfulness on sleep and not only how fast we fall asleep, but also our quality of sleep. So how well we sleep throughout the night. And they've, they've tried to obviously pinpoint people that have been doing mindfulness practices for a long time and their quality of sleep in comparison to those that don't. And I think it's just a knock on effect of all of this. You know, if mindfulness can help reduce anxiety, can help manage depression, can help us decrease stress, improve concentration, then of course the impact of that across multiple things that we do in our day-to-day -day life is, is of course huge. So there's there's lots of benefits and I'm sure you're aware of them, but to reap the rewards, consistency is key. Now, 
mindfulness as a practice is something that you can't just do once and then feel long-term impacts from it. You know, you can do it right now and you'll feel better, but it will be that short hit of endorphins, that short hit of, you know, dopamine. It will be that short hit of, oh, I feel calm, I feel good. But long-term, is that going to impact how you interact with other people? Is that going to impact your sleep? Is that going to impact how you deal with stress? Of course not. You know, this is something that we need to do consistently. And again, this is why a lot of people shy away from it or they try it for maybe a week. They don't reap the rewards and they stop and they write mindfulness off because really for us to reap the rewards, consistency is key. We have to do this on a consistent day-to-day basis. But to get started, guys, you know, firstly, we have to find your practice. And I really want to stress this. To get started, we have to find the practice that works for us. And I'm going to share some in just a minute. But mindfulness can sometimes be as simple as something that we do anywhere, anytime. Like I said, mindfulness isn't me sitting down on this sofa here with music playing, door shut, headphones in, and really, really sort of sitting there practicing meditation for 20 minutes. Mindfulness is something that we can do at all times, anywhere. And here's five examples. You know, body scan. You might have done this before, and we've actually added a um, body scan audio into the app recently which you can do and a body scan is again just a way of us being mindful um typically it'll be guided someone might do it for you or you can obviously do it once you've 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 had that practice but it's really just focusing your attention on your body um i was reading as well in terms of falling asleep faster because i was looking at some some research yesterday and there was a lot again around a body scan and how that impacts how quickly we fall asleep as well So a body scan could be as simple as me bringing my attention to the bottoms of my feet and how they feel. And then it could be moving up towards, you know, my kneecaps, how do my knees feel moving up towards, you know, my stomach. How does that feel? Relaxing my shoulders, relaxing my jaw and just scanning my body up and down. And straight away, I'm now becoming mindful because I'm focused here on this one um, practice rather than me focusing on the email that I've got to send or the stress that I encountered throughout the day or the argument that I've just had. So really it's kind of staying mindful and we can do that with a simple body scan, mindful seeing, just being aware of what we're seeing and and really kind of taking it in because unconsciously we ignore a lot of what we see. And sometimes if we remind ourselves to mindfully see and to look around and really to take it in, I think it's really important too. Mindful listening. Again, you know, how many times do we just ignore what we hear? And sometimes with meditation, I was doing a meditation practice once and and the lady who was helping me said, you know, we're going to switch off all music and I just want you to concentrate on what you can hear around you. If you can hear traffic, you you hear the traffic. If you can hear someone breathing, you can hear someone breathing. If you can hear yourself breathing, you hear yourself breathing. Just I want you to focus on what you can hear. And it's amazing when we use our senses, the impact that that can have. Mindful breathing, which is the, the key one. Again, we've got lots and lots of different exercises within the EveryMind app from breathing techniques such as you know breathing in for four holding for two and breathing out for six we've got box breathing again you know when we're focusing on our breathing it's it's mindfulness it's us focusing our attention on this one thing rather than focusing our attention on everything else that we're worried about um and the five senses exercise as well so really these are five mindfulness exercises that you can do anywhere just to really show you the impact of this and how it isn't about us sitting there and having a, a firm, rigid practice. You know, we could do this five minutes a day when we're commuting to work, when we do commute to work, or when we're going for our morning walk. Can we use mindful seeing and mindful listening 
to really, really help. If we are waiting in the post office to deliver something and instead of pulling out our phone, can we just focus on doing a body scan or doing some mindful breathing for the next minute? And again, being mindful in that moment as well. So there's lots that we can do. And again, when we're looking at mindfulness practices, people are actually discovering when it comes to mindfulness that there's various ways that we can we can be mindful. You know, it could be walking. Again, walking is, is a mindfulness practice. Going out, maybe walking in nature, again, is really key. I've also put barefoot walking. Has anyone ever done this? I've been seeing loads of people on Instagram recently doing barefoot walking. You know, they might, they go to the, the park or a grassy area. They'll take off their shoes. They'll carry them and they'll just walk around the grass bare feet. Um, I saw someone in Shoreditch actually a couple of weeks ago when I was up there um, walking around the streets bare feet as well. Um, barefoot walking, yoga, again, a mindfulness practice is definitely yoga, meditation. And again, even when we're looking at meditation, there's so many different types of meditation. You can use apps that help. You can use guided meditation. You know, there's, there's various different types of meditation that you can really try and see what works for you. Running is my mindfulness. You know, some people don't feel like running is mindful, but especially because I've been doing a lot of long distance running at the moment, um, training for eight marathons in eight days in eight cities in March to raise awareness for children's mental health. Um, I've been doing a lot of long distance running and that's, that's mindful because it's just me out there on my own. And I think I've explained this before. Me and my dad used to run a lot together. And, you know, sometimes when I go out for a run, I do, I always used to, just after, after we lost my dad, I do feel a little bit closer to him. It was an activity that we used to do together. You know, I went out for a 45, 50 minute run on my own today. And then when I got back, I said to my boys, they were ready in their running gear. Um, and I said, look, let's go for a quick little 15 minute run. And my little four year old, my 11 year old, we were out running. And again, it's just my time to just connect with them, um, phones away and just, just talk. So running is definitely my mindfulness practice. Um, reading, again, just you and a book. It's a mindfulness practice, right? You're just focusing on your book. Coloring, again, lots of people use coloring. Puzzles, which I've explained don't really help me, but puzzles help a lot of people. Swimming, even, you know, open water swimming, if you can do that. I, I know a lot of people that they find that really impactful for their mental health. I did a, a talk for a company called Hawley, um, and I did my session Holly's a, a construction company. I did my and one of their offices was Plymouth. And in Plymouth, they were right near the water. And when I asked them what they do for their mental health at lunchtimes, you know, I'd say 50% of them said they go they go swimming in the water nearby and then they come back to work. So, you know, swimming is definitely a mindful activity. Golf, again, you know, I heard someone say once, I didn't know why my husband was going golf every Saturday morning. And then he explained it to me and I realized it was his mindfulness practice. You know, fishing, eating, you know, mindful eating. How many times do we just scoff out a lunch down? I know I've just had so I can get on this webinar, but how many times do we just scoff our food down and we're not mindful of what we're eating? You know, sometimes it's just taking that step back and being mindful of what we're eating and really using our senses for that um, as well. Massage, music, playing the favorite music. I'm really listening to it, listening to the words. Um, I used to do that a lot when I was young, you know, sitting there in the car, listening to the words and just being mindful of the music that you're listening to. <clears throat> Painting, crafts, cleaning cooking again sometimes we see cleaning as as a negative but it, it can be a mindful activity for a lot of people you know i know my wife um you know she says sometimes just her doing a bit of cleaning every morning is her mindful activity it's her just focusing on that um same with cooking 
you know, sometimes for a lot of people that that cooking is a mindful activity because you're just focused on cooking and, and what you're preparing and the food and how you're seasoning it and making sure that everything's cooking at the right time. And it's you're mindful in that one activity. And when you're mindful in that one activity, you're not worried about everything else that you're consistently worried about as well. So so really, you know, that's just me scratching the surface. There's so many other mindful activities. But what I really wanted to do with this slide is just to reinforce that you can you can do a variety of different mindfulness practices. You know, I've done a lot of meditation in the past. Now, I would say the last time that I meditated was probably about six months ago. So sitting down and, and, and doing a meditation practice. But I feel like with my consistency of what I've done over the last, like I say, seven or eight years, and now with my running, I feel like that is my mindfulness. So I'm still getting that, the impact and the benefits of mindfulness by me going out for those morning runs or those morning walks. You know, coloring is, I'm not coloring, reading is one as well that I do a lot of. So I think it's really important that hopefully you can see that there's stuff that you can do on a day-to-day -day basis. Okay. Is there any else that you would say that you do, guys? Put it in the chat box. Um, Polly says it's great self-care. I do mindful driving like that, which is something I develop myself as I have a long commute to and from work. I wanted the time to be useful to me. It's amazing how often we are in the car and running on autopilot. Mindful driving really reconnects you. Very useful. I love that. I love that because, you know, we're typically now so consumed with <clears throat> Bluetooth and the music we're listening to. And, you know, sometimes, you know, let's be honest, people grab their phones and they're checking their inbox, inbox or their emails. This here is a lover and a curse for me because even my Apple watch pings up when I got a notification when I'm driving. So I, I love the idea of mindful driving and it's safe as well, right? We should all do it. Uh, Kelly says, I like thinking of cooking and cleaning as mindfulness. I always see these things I just have to do, but never really look for how these could be mindful. I would turn these negatives into a positive. Yeah, exactly. And to be honest with you, Kelly, I think it takes the type of person like, I mean, cleaning i would have to really force myself to to be mindful in that moment and like you said because it is that negative for me it's that negative some people just naturally are mindful in those moments but for others they have to force it upon themselves um so like you've said it's trying to use those moments that we don't like ironing to those of you you know ironing is one that i've i don't i mean i do i do ironing in the bins right i'm sure if my wife can hear this she'd come in and and tell you the, the list of stuff that um, maybe I should do more of. But um, ironing is one that I've really embraced. And I used to hate ironing and I never used to be able to iron. And to be honest with you, like, I quite like ironing because it is that mindful activity again, right? You're just focusing on that and it's turning that positive, that negative into a positive. I don't like, I don't want to do it. I'd rather just get someone else to do it. But when I do it, it's as you say, just trying to focus on being mindful in that as well. And then I, do, I mean, again, like sometimes I'll do that, but at the same time, I might just then put, you know, a podcast on and it's just my turn to listen to, to what I want to listen to. Being mindful when you're with your family as well. You know, how many times do we see our family and, and we just grab our phones? You know, again, it's not always going to be a hundred percent, but sometimes we do need to remind ourselves of that. Cycling is mine. I enjoy the time as I can let off my mind wander and tidy itself. Love that as well, Richard. Yeah, it, it is that. And, and hopefully you're seeing now that all of this that you're doing is you practicing mindfulness. It isn't about you sitting there meditating on in and whatever we kind of believe that it is. You know, it could be getting on your bike and going for a morning cycle. And that is you practicing mindfulness. So I, I do think it's really, really important. And, and in terms of how else we can get started, like I say, firstly, it's finding the mindfulness practice that works for us and that benefits us. Or maybe there's a couple. Secondly, it's finding a time and building it into your routine. 
this is really key because unless we build it into our routine, it's very, very difficult. You know, we have to force ourselves to, to do these mindfulness practices. So how do we build it into our routine? I've always found the best way of doing it is building it into our existing routine. So let's say the morning as an example, what is your current morning routine? And, and that could just be as simple as you get woken up by the kids. That's when you wake up, you go downstairs, you put the kettle on, you make yourself a coffee, you spend 20 minutes playing with the kids, and then you've got 15 minutes to watch the news or scroll through social media or whatever it is. And then you go have a shower and you get ready and you start work. Now, if that's my routine, I'm looking for a gap there of when can I practice mindfulness? So instead of saying, I'm going to get up half an hour earlier, which of course works, but it's more difficult. What I could say is instead of me spending 15 minutes watching the news and scrolling through social media, that is going to be my time to do a mindfulness practice that's good for me. That's going to be my time to go for a 15 minute walk. That's going to be my time to do 15 minutes of reading. Journaling's another one that I didn't put down there. You know, that's going to be my time to do whatever it is that's your mindfulness practice. So all you're doing is embedding it into your existing routine. So when you're about to scroll through social media, you get that kind of reminder of actually I'm going to replace this with a mindfulness activity. And consistency again is key because when we are then consistent, you just naturally build it into your routine and then you will naturally come to you and you'll naturally just do it after a long time as well. So instead of forcing yourself of today, I'm going to do an hour and a half of mindfulness, because let's be honest, that's going to be very difficult. You might say tomorrow morning, instead of doing X, I'm going to do this for five minutes, for 10 minutes. And you build up that consistency. And as you build up that consistency, you'll start to do it a lot more as well. So it's finding a time and it's building it into your routine, a time that works for you. Focusing on staying present during the mindfulness practice. Um, just quickly before I move on to this one, when you come back to finding time, a lot of people that we've spoken to, especially employees during this time, have said going for a walk or doing some mindfulness before and after work is a really good way of starting and switching off. So, for example, if I start at nine o'clock, which is typically when I'll start um, because I spend the morning, whether going for a run, spending time with the kids, you know, Amy, whatever it is, I'll spend that morning for me. I'll start at nine. My switch off is, is what's blurred at the moment. Now I can be working till six. I can be working till six. I'll switch off until half seven and then I'll get back working from eight to 10, 11. You know, so that's the blurred area. So what I could do, like a lot of people do, is you have your morning. What are you doing that's mindful before you start your day and then you switch off at five and you do something mindful again lots of people go for walks in the morning and then they go for walks after five and then that's almost like your commute to work and back from work and then that's your switch off so so really it's like finding that time that works for you um staying present during the mindfulness practice is, is important as we said you know it's just that reminder to stay present when distractions come in when distractions fly in it's okay make sure you're staying present when you're when you're practicing mindfulness no it's okay to get distracted as well so don't be frustrated if you get distracted you're out cycling on your bike and all of a sudden you've got a phone call you're out cycling on your bike and all of a sudden you know instagram has popped up and you know someone's messaged you and you want to find out what they've messaged you and you go over to instagram etc you know try and remove those distractions sometimes you know switching our phones into airplane mode or do not disturb for example you know is beneficial but at the same time if we get distracted don't worry about it. Just bring ourselves back to the practice. So sometimes when I'm out for my run, I'm feeling very mindful and all of a sudden I'll get an email pop up and, you know, I'll ignore it. And then I'll see, oh, actually, I need to reply to this. And now, you know, I've been taken away from that mindfulness practice, but it's, it's reminding myself that's okay. 
I've been distracted. I'm going to bring myself back to the mindfulness practice. Let's focus on the run that can wait. And then I continue. So really it's knowing that it's okay to be distracted. Don't get yourself frustrated. Just bring yourself back to the practice and do not judge yourself. Do not judge yourself. If you miss a day of mindfulness, do not judge yourself. If you feel like you're not doing it right, do not judge yourself. If you find that mindfulness and you find calm in something that's completely different to what everyone else finds that calm in, you know, it really is about do not judge yourself through this process. Um, I spent the first probably six months, 12 months of, of meditation, just really forcing it. And, and that was meditation. And I was judging myself that I wasn't doing it right, that I wasn't going into a deep meditation that, you know, I was listening to everyone else saying that they, they had these kind of experiences and I wasn't having those experiences and I was really, really forcing it. And again, Anne really helped me with that. It's about not judging yourself, being okay with those distractions and, and just doing your best and knowing that with consistency, it will get better. It will get easier um, to do. So do not judge yourself at the beginning because it's going to be very, very difficult. And it really does take that conscious effort and consistency to reap the rewards. It's, it's, it's forcing it upon ourselves. And it's just the same as we say with self-care and prioritizing your mental health. We just, we just don't do it because we're not conditioned to do it. So it's forcing yourself all the time to take that conscious effort to be consistent with a mindfulness practice, to be consistent with um, being mindful throughout your day or at one o'clock putting an alarm on your phone and it says be mindful and all you do is you spend the next two minutes using mindful listening mindful seeing you maybe you know increase or you focus on your breathing whatever it is we have to be conscious and we have to apply the effort and once we've done that for a, a period of time it becomes a lot easier to just do naturally and like we say that's when we start to really reap the rewards of mindfulness as well and then guys i want you to put in some of your experiences or any of the tips that you've got in terms of mindfulness um but just want to kind of finish up on these two quotes which i really really liked wherever you are be there totally which is eckhart tolle and i think i've spoke his name wrong so i apologize for that but wherever you are be there totally and i love that because my natural instinct when i'm working is to feel guilty that i'm not spending time with my family right and my natural instinct when I'm spending time with my family is to feel guilty that I'm not working and I'm not driving this mission that I'm on, this purpose that I've got to, to really get people to talk about their mental health. And I'm being pulled left, right and center. You know, when I'm with my family, when I'm spending time with my kids and we are away, I feel guilty that I'm not seeing my mum and I'm not seeing my brother and I'm not looking and caring for my granddad. And that consistent pull from every direction is exhausting. And, and this reminder, again, Eckhart Tolle has got an amazing book called The Power of Now. He's also got an amazing book called A New Earth. Power of Now and A New Earth. And he talks a lot, again, about the present moment, releasing the ego, but really just forcing it upon ourselves. And I have to remind myself all the time, when I'm working, I'm working. I need to be there totally. When I'm with my kids, I'm with my kids. I have to be there totally. And I'm not perfect, you know, it's, it, it's still a practice, it's still a journey for me, but I have to remind myself all the time to be there totally whenever I'm focusing on one task. And it just gets easier as time goes on. And then the final one, which I love, um, Sharon Salzberg, mindfulness isn't difficult, we just need to remember to do it. So hopefully this, this short webinar has shown that, you know, mindfulness in a way, there's various practices that we can use and we can just do it in our own day-to-day -day lives. We can do it right now. 
you know, we can do it on the train when everyone's around us. We can do it in a nightclub with the music playing. We can do it um, queuing up for the post office or while we're driving, whatever it is. You know, mindfulness isn't difficult. We just need to remember to do it. And that remembering to do it is us forcing ourselves to do it. And as I said, the more we do it for a period of time, the natural and the more easier it becomes as well. So, um, guys, any questions that you've got, any experiences that you want to share, um, drop them in the comments. I'll read them out. And again, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Kelly says, I love mindfulness. I just don't practice it enough. I'm going to commit to making the time to do this more. Good stuff. Yeah, it is, it is that commitment. And, and I think as well, Kelly, as you've said, you, after this call, you might realize that you do practice mindfulness, but you do it in different ways. You know, you might be mindful when you're, I don't know, sometimes it's, you know, watching telly or whatever it is. And, telly that's a uk thing isn't it tv um and there's probably times where you are practicing mindfulness and it's just being aware of those as well so yeah definitely that but as you said it is that constant reminder as well to do it a little bit more but like i said don't beat ourselves up if we don't right any other experiences that you want to share or any um any questions that you've got guys if you've got no questions just say no thanks no worries, Polly, just seeing if you have any experiences that you want to share or any questions around mindfulness. No worries, Janine, no worries, Kelly. Now, no worries, Nancy. Good stuff, Caroline. What I'm thinking of doing as well, guys, is um, there's a lot of people that I know that do mindfulness practices. We might do a live mindfulness practice over the next couple of months. I'll, I'll get that scheduled in. Um, and if you have got access to the app, there's there's lots of content going in there around mindfulness. This month as well, our focus is on women's mental health. So actually the next couple of webinars that we do on a Tuesday, um, we may be looking at sort of subjects around that as well, which we'll be announcing very, very shortly. So we're adding a lot of content this August around women's mental health, focusing on you know menopause, focusing on um, breastfeeding and how that impacts obviously mental health. We're looking at you know being a mum and how that impacts obviously your mental health, not being a mum and how that impacts your mental health. So there's lots and lots of content going into the app this August focused on women's mental health as well. I uh, just want to read out Polly. She says, I had fantastic results of mindfulness. I really can't recommend it enough. I was given a sleep technique, which is breathing and counting. It was after a period of insomnia connected to depression. Yeah. And again, like that mindfulness of us allowing us to fall asleep quicker or more naturally is, is definitely going to be a big impact as well. Good stuff, guys. I um, really appreciate you taking the time out to join. As always, if you've got any questions that you want to ask, just reach out to me, paul at everymindatwork.com. And this is always the quick sessions, but we just want to kind of put something together every week to, to support you if you if you need it and trying to open your eyes and your perspective to, to different stuff that we can do for our mental health. Um, Katie, I'm going to come back, come back to your email now. I really appreciate you all taking the time out and enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the rest of your week. See you all next week.